This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another show for another episode of our Raw Reaction series and specifically the Arsenal Transfer Show. You join me on match day. Finally, Arsenal will be playing after a very, very long international break. I hope you're doing good. I hope you're well today. I hope you are fine this morning and uh, thank you for tuning in. We'll say hello to plenty of you guys in the chat box. Kaiser, Colin, Bungle, Cam uh dbsl uh usually 10 minutes late so having to rewind i made it on time today on monday thank you ever so much for tuning in and on time loving that and thank you ever so much for joining jonathan morning matt uh morning tom morning rafa varies jonathan morning cult master tom what is our grand scheme for today now I have a feeling I know what this is in reference to, Jonathan. Some of you may have seen my tweets yesterday. Now, it's not often we receive trolley comments, uh, but sometimes we do. And I did a show over on um, Kevin Campbell's uh, show on the Highbury squads a week ago, and I hadn't checked it. And I, Sometimes it's good to go and check the comments um, and see what people thought of the video. So I went over, and it was about a week ago that I did the show with Kev on his on Highbury squad. So I checked the, <laughs> I checked the comments. And I don't have it uh, in on my screen, but I do have it uh, on one of my tweets uh, that I know plenty of you did look at. And this this is has to be one of my favourite trolling comments that there is. Uh, this is from Gresham, who said, Tom loves to destroy the fan base. RIP on them. He has a pro-Cronky, pro-Arteta, pro-Jaka, pro-Edu. He's also employed by the mainstream media and pushes corporate agenda. I unsubscribe all fan channels that are selling out. This was my last one. And you brought this mole on. He's sabotaging fan channels from within. Now, that is impressive levels of trolling. I appreciate it. Um, (laughs) There's nothing more you can do than appreciate that level of trolling. Quite incredible. Fair play, Gresham. Much love to your family, and I hope you have a fantastic week and enjoy the game. Tonight, let's kick on with today's show, though. Uh, and we start off by saying, of course, if you haven't subscribed already, please do and go over and subscribe to the Arsenal Way. There will be a live reaction show 
on the Arsenal way straight after, about 20 minutes or so after the Crystal Palace game. I'll be on there hosting and of course will be a 9.30am show this morning as well. So make sure you go over there and get content. Uh, we did a preview over there with Football.London's Crystal Palace correspondent. And yesterday on this channel, we did a preview with some of the members for the game with our predicted lineups, predictions, etc. So please do go over and watch that from yesterday on this very channel. We start off with the news. Uh, now, I know I missed this yesterday. I was just getting very much, um, I think I was focused a lot on other things and I just completely skipped it. Um, but Arsenal on Saturday, their under-23s lost their second game, their first loss in the league this season since the opening day defeat to West Ham. Um, Omar Rekic was involved. In fact, I can tell you all of the players that were involved in the game. Starting the match was uh, Conquo Alabiosu, Swanson, Rekic, Agungbo, Lopez, Akinola, Salah, Amari Hutchinson, Bireth and Balogun. Uh, Charlie Patino was indeed on the bench and he did come on, um, as did quite a few other players too. I'm just checking the result on Google now in terms of who came off the bench. Uh, Zayn Monnoir, uh, Monlouis, uh, or Monnoir. <laughs> uh, Charlie Patino, James Olinka all came on. But I think he was at Anfield and uh, Liverpool won 3-0 quite convincingly against Arsenal's under-23 side. Uh, which is a little bit out of character. What that means for the under-23s table uh, is that currently Arsenal are now seconds. They're four points off the top. Uh, Brighton and Hove Albion are also joint uh, second place with the same exact goal difference on 16 points. Man United are fourth, West Ham fifth. So it was a bit of a disappointing one. Liverpool before the game only had five points and only had won one game before this uh, during the season. Just having a quick look uh, who Liverpool actually used in the team. Just sometimes, of course, teams do like to use some of the senior players to get them back to fitness. Just having a look at the Liverpool lineup, I'm looking at it and I'm not seeing anyone I recognise. So no first team players in the uh, uh, in the Liverpool squad. So they did very well to get that win over Arsenal's under 23s. Moving on to the next story, and Mohamed El Neni has supposedly reached an agreement with Galatasaray, according to Turkish media. He has agreed personal terms with them. I did the story on this for Football.London that came out this morning. Go to my personal Twitter at Tom Canton Media to read up on that. But Mohamed El Neni could be leaving the club in January, which may open the door to a January transfer. El Neni leaving, yes, he'll be at the African Cup of Nations, but less less of kind of the numbers in midfield very quickly things can change especially if we remain in the cup competition so possibly something that will open the door to arsenal moving for a midfielder this summer now luka jovic has been linked with the move to arsenal again and supposedly could be available for a cut price deal of around 18 million pounds if you remember real madrid paid around 50 million plus to bring Luka Jovic into Real Madrid last uh, about two, two things, it's two summers, 2019 maybe, I think they brought him in, maybe it was even a year before that, I think it was 2019. He has struggled since moving to Spain and hasn't been able to recapture the form that saw him rise to prominence in Germany with Frankfurt. A lot of Arsenal fans I've seen I would be open to this. He's still very young, he's a good striker, he showed him the Bundesliga, he can be a very good forward. It is just whether Arsenal would be open to kind of a, a restructuring project in regards to Jovic because he would it would need to be a bit of a renaissance for him. He needs to really turn his form. He does need to change where he's at. Possibly a loan with an option, and actually John Wayne in the chat box just pointed out, possibly a January loan with an option to buy 
could be the way that Arsenal go down the route of trying to sort out the best kind of deal for them to assess Jovic and see where he's kind of at along his development line and where he is in terms of recapturing that form. We move on to our penultimate story and Patrick Vieira has opened up about um, the, the, of course, the involvement in Daniel X takeover bid. He says, I was just expressing myself as Patrick, ex-Arsenal footballer. That comment was based on how the direction of the club was going. I'm in a different position than a couple of months ago, so I'm not going to express myself in the same way than when I was just an ex-Arsenal football player. As we know, there was much talk about when he joined Crystal Palace, whether that would form a conflict of interest between uh, Vieira, Palace, Arsenal and, and Daniel Ek were a takeover to happen. He has definitely, from this, distanced himself from the club and from the possible takeover, which makes sense. He probably wouldn't be involved in it. It would then just fall on Thierry Henry and Dennis Bergkamp, who had uh, been supporting Daniel Ek in his possible takeover bid. We know that Henri was with Daniel Ek at the North London Derby. This is our first home game, I believe, since then. So it'll be interesting to see whether both Ek and Henri are at war on one of the smaller games this season. All easy to turn up to a North London Derby. Will they be there for a game at home against Crystal Palace? And of course, Patrick Vieira as well. Maybe Thierry Henry is being on pundit duty. We will wait and see. But it's going to be a really intriguing game. As I said, we've done two previews. One we did on this channel, talking to some of the members about the game tonight. The other we did on the Arsenal Way. Link to that channel is in the description. I did that with Football.London's uh, Crystal Palace correspondent, Matt Wyatt. So make sure you check that one out. And lastly, some positive news surrounding Gabriel Martinelli. Supposedly, he has returned to training over the weekend, which means he could be in contention to be back in the squad tonight. It may be unlikely because, of course, he did pick up that that minor knock over the international break, but supposedly he has now returned to training and could have some form of involvement, if not tonight, then maybe against Villa on Friday. With the games pretty close to one another, with only three games, uh, three days rest in between them, we could see some rotation between Monday and Friday's games. I'm going to be at the Villa game on Friday. I'm working the game tonight for, for uh, Football.London and our fan brands team, the Arsenal way. So make sure you do tune in for the post-match show on the channel straight afterwards. But some positive news around Martinelli, which is definitely more positive. But that does bring an end to the last show before Arsenal finally get back in action, we move on to, of course, your thoughts, your the theories and queries and questions in the chat box. You know, I've said that so many times, you'd think I would have had it spot on by now. So if you do have something, throw it into the chat and we will go through as many as we feasibly can. Let's scroll up a little bit more. Uh, Sam says, morning, Tom, that troll comment was so funny. I mean, sometimes it's just worth reading out things for comedy. I just quite like it. <laughs> uh, Moses says, has he struggled or is it almost impossible to play in front of Kareem Benzema? It's a very good point to bring up. And I think when you look at Andy, he also says, uh, are we more open to a move for Jovic because he comes from Real rather than, say, the Swiss League? Does this expose more Arsenal snobbery? We'll come on to that in a second. In regards to Benzema, Benzema's always going to be the starting striker, but Jovic did get plenty of opportunities in Real Madrid's team. He's played a fair amount of games. He just hasn't taken chances. Chances have been presented to him. It's been very much like Timo Werner in a weird way at Chelsea. I've seen him miss a lot of chances that he would have absolutely gobbled up was he still at Frankfurt. And it's just, I think, been that level of pressure 
that he's had to deal with since moving to Los Blancos. In regards to whether or not we're a bit snobby because obviously he's coming from Real Madrid and yesterday we of course covered the story about Arta Cabral playing for Basel in the Swiss League and there were some comments saying that they wouldn't take him because he plays in the Swiss League. I think that you need to look at the player in assessment. I think that Jovic has shown in the Bundesliga that he's been a very competent and prolific striker. It's not worked out as well at Real. There have still been some signs of positivity, but he would be kind of a, you know, he would be a, a project striker. We would have to build him back up from the issues that he's faced. Can Arsenal afford to do that, considering they'll probably be moving on one of, if not both, of Lacazette and Aubameyang? We will wait and see. Wilson says, do you think that Arsenal will win the game against Palace and why? If you want to know my thoughts, Wilson, go and watch the preview show from last night. Don't think we're going to get away with it that easy. you got to go and watch the preview show, mate. Uh, Chilongu says, do you think that Andre Silva for 50 million would be worth it? I mean, Andre Silva this season joined RB Leipzig after it was being linked with Arsenal. Let's just have a quick check about how he's been getting on. Two goals, two assists in eight games, which is not as the same kind of prolific record he had when he was at Frankfurt last campaign. I think that for £50 million, that's a hell of a lot of money to pay now for someone that's just had one more extra season after leaving. But if there's no other strikers around, he's not exactly a bad option and does bring with him plenty of um, plenty of attributes that Arsenal are looking for. He's, he's not slow, very clinical, decent in the air, physical, has all of those things that we'd want in an Arsenal striker. Uh, Mitchy joining us over on Twitch. We are, uh, we do stream on Twitch. In fact, if you are watching on YouTube, just to help us out, if you could go subscribe to us on Twitch as well, uh, just to go give us a little bit of a boost over on there. You never know. YouTube could come to an end one day and we will be like, well, what are we going to do? Well, Twitch is still here. So, uh, of course, we do stream all of these shows to Twitch as well. So, uh, if you are enjoying the show over there, please make sure you tune in. Uh, Michi says, uh, even with Partey and Lukonga, I hope to see a 4-3-3. Do you think this is a far stretch? Big up, Tom, from Michigan. 3 a.m. on a Monday morning, not coffee time yet. Michi, you are insane for tuning in at 3 a.m. As I know, a lot of our Western listeners do tune in at a ridiculous time in the morning. And thank you for your continued support. Um, but get some sleep, mate. <laughs> in terms of his 4-3, a bit of a stretch. No, I don't. I think there is a possibility that we go to a 4-3-3 tonight against Palace. We're at home. Arteta may want to put kind of his foot down on a performance and show some more dominance than we did against Brighton playing the 4-2-3-1. I predicted something slightly different. If you want to find out about that, go watch the preview show from yesterday. Uh, let's go to Vuk, who says, how about Gundogan? Experienced quality midfielder, work with Arteta and not getting a lot of playing time at City. Possibly someone that Arsenal look to from an experienced figure. I wouldn't say no to LK Gundogan whatsoever, but it would depend on the price, that's for sure. Uh, Jonathan says, Jovic or any striker on loan, okay, permanent, depends on the performance during the loan. Just a bit worried about what will happen to Gabby and Balogun. As we all are, you have to say, we all want to make sure that those two have plenty of opportunities to get back into the Arsenal first team, but we do have to prioritise results. And sometimes you have to put the ideal or the idea of a young player coming through on the back burner just while you focus on getting the best results for the team. Madge says, I prefer an established player who's ready to push on rather than a project like Jovic. I do tend to agree. I would like to bring in someone who is either very much on the way up and has been exponentially growing. I mean, Cabral, I wouldn't say necessarily no to as an option if it was on the cheap. I wouldn't necessarily say no to... Uh, 
uh, Yusuf Nezri, because uh, the 24-year-old has been on the way up continuously. I think I prefer one of those types of strikers over, say, a project player like Jovic. Cena says, your ideal January transfer, Tom. Ideal January transfer, it's so hard to call. I mean, to be honest, just moving on players is the ideal scenario for me. Get money for Nketiah, get money for Kalasnach. If you do move on Lacazette, get a good deal for him. Get money for El Nenny, and just make sure that you're getting money for these players and not necessarily paying them all off just to leave and if we are going to do that we will probably need to bring in at least a midfielder in which case i would go all out and go and try to bring in a basuma in january or try and bring in a gimarach or bring in a fabian ruiz that's that's what i would do to push us on to our targets if we win today we're two points off the top four things can change very quickly in football and as we lead up to the christmas period we may find ourselves in a very different position right now i'm not massively confident of being in and around the top four because of the performances we may have got 10 out of the last 12 points, but the performances have not been there to convince me that we can keep this going in the long term. I need to see more performances. Tonight is going to be a huge, huge opportunity, as will Friday, to show that we will wait and see. Pedro says, could we get Sterling instead of Lacazette? Possibly so. Uh, he is being linked to Arsenal. He does seem to be open to leaving. Maybe Arsenal will push for that, but he is exceptionally um he's exceptionally kind of uh, what's the word expensive high wages and and that could of course have an impact on whether arsenal can sign him or not uh black stars 14 says what is the best quality that arteta has as a manager i think there's two things you look at of arteta one of them is obviously improving the defensive solidity of arsenal's football team i mean we've looked a lot better third defensive third best defensive record in the league last year i'm not sure we'll reach that same height after some of the goals we conceded at the start of the season eight goals i think it was was it eight goals nine goals i think it was nine goals in the first three games we conceded and we didn't score any um, but we have improved a lot since then. Since Gabriel, White, Tomiyasu, Ramsdale have all come in, we've been a different side. So you have to say that he's improved that. And that leads into my second biggest strength for him, which is his recruitment. Recruitment with Edu has been good. There's been two mistakes, Willian, Runison, um, but he and Edu have, have signed some really good players, improved the squads, and he's improved the youngsters as well. You know, one of the biggest spots for when someone has an agenda against the manager is usually when they say, name any players that he's improved. Someone points out how Smithrow and Saka have improved. And the response that comes back is, oh, well, they're young. They would have naturally improved anyway. That is one of the biggest tells for someone with an agenda against the manager. Even as someone like myself, who for a long time has thought that a change of coach after the Villarreal game was the best decision for the club, to say that, no, None of the work that he's done has naturally improved those players. Well, if that was true, then all 20-year-olds and under and 21-year-olds and under would naturally improve. The fact of the matter is in the game of football is they don't. Plenty of wonder kids that we expect to go on and do great things aren't in the best situations, don't get the best opportunities, they don't have the right coaches, and that's a big factor as to why they don't make it. Saka and Smith-Rowe are improving, yes, as part because naturally they are improving, but also because of the current coach they have. And you have to give that same credit and same balance to the argument. Morning, Scott. TGT sneezed this morning. Do you think we missed an opportunity of Watson Edouard? Uh, I, I do feel a bit stuffy, but other than that, it, I think it's this room. I'm going to have to do some proper dusting in, in this studio. It needs it. I think that's clearly why I sneeze so much. Um, Watson Edouard, do I think we missed out? We'll see at the end of the season. Very much like Ivan Tony. I'm going to wait for a judgment towards the end of the season as to how those players have got on. 
Um, let's go to Andy, who says, George Graham was brilliant in introducing young players before they reached 20. Arteta needs to have more faith in the best of our young players. Andy, I disagree slightly. He's got in the current team. Our best team right now includes a ridiculous amount of young players. Saka, Smith-Rowe, Lukonga, Odegaard still 22, Ramsdale 23, White 23, Gabriel 23, Tomiyasu 22. They are young guys. The only other ones that you'd be looking to bring in are Martinelli, who's 20, maybe Balogun. But how many teams can you say across the Premier League and across Europe's top five leagues that are winning things or at the top that want to get into those top four have more than two or three 21 and under players? There aren't many. There aren't many at all. Barcelona are having to do it right now because of how bad their squad recruitment's been over the last however many years. And fortunately, they have players like Ansu Fati and Gavi and, and Pedri available to them. If it wasn't for that fortune, you probably wouldn't see it. And you probably would have seen them continue on buying players like Coutinho, like Dembele, like Griezmann and being idiots. But actually now they're getting on that same hype that built them up to the team that they were in the past I don't like Barcelona. I'm not their biggest fan. I'm an Espanol follower from Spain, which means I'm never going to like Barca. But if it's it's still great to see young players come through at clubs. And Gavi, in particular, after his kind of forays for Spanish team, looks great. But it's very rare that you see teams put any more kids in. And I think Arteta gets too harsh of a criticism on not using youth, considering how many young players are in the current squad right now. It's it's mad how many young players are in the squad. So there you go. Uh, Rod says, the Aziz and Nelson loan deal should be evidence that being brilliant in our under-23 doesn't always translate into the men's game. I think Aziz is showing at Portsmouth that he's not really getting too much of an opportunity, but he's not yet ready for a senior chance because he's been lacking that physical side, which the club hoped for him to improve at Portsmouth. Arsenal actually renewed Nelson's contract before they sent him out to Feyenoord, which is definitely a show that they want to see what will happen with him. And in his first game with the senior side, he impressed when he came off the bench, as we talked about in yesterday's show, thanks to our Belgian and Netherlands correspondent, Manu Leclerc. So uh, make sure you tune in for yesterday's show to find out how Reese Nelson got on in his game. Um, let's go to Kunjan who says you have to cho- if you had a choice between a Saudi takeover versus a Danielette takeover what would be your preference um, I need to do more research into both Kunjan before I make a genuine choice on that I want an owner that's as devoid of controversy as feasibly possible the immediate response to that you might say is that doesn't exist that doesn't mean I can't have that view so that's just my choice. So I'd rather not choose, Kinjin, to be honest. And I'll sit firmly on the fence. Um, Game Boy says, any update on Dusan Vlovic? Uh, Vlahovic? Uh, he has no, there's no more updates on him. There's been no developments. He's still very much in a contract situation where he'll be leaving in 2022. But there has been no developments on an Arsenal line for Vlahovic. Apologies. Uh, Ratha Veris's average age is 25, showing we have a young team and the youngest in the Prem. Exactly. I don't know where this this rhetoric of Arteta doesn't like young players comes from. It's crazy. It's just because it's Martinelli, who obviously is a bit of a cult hero at the club, doesn't get as many opportunities, and yet he's continuously playing Smith-Rowe and Saka and uses Lukonga and has bought in Tomiyasu and Ramsdale and White and Gabriel when he was 22 as well, Erdogan at 22. We've got loads of young players. I don't know what people are talking about. It's crazy. Um, let's scroll up a little bit higher to go through some of the questions that I might have missed. Uh, Thabo says, Mikel has been talking as if Mateo's loan isn't 
uh, isn't and didn't come with an obligation to buy. Let's say it did. Can Arsenal change their minds? Uh, as far as I'm aware, it's at the moment an option, but that option becomes an obligation to buy once uh, they reach certain clauses. And apparently those clauses are very easy for Marseille to achieve. And so therefore, it's very likely he will remain with Marseille for around £9 million. By the way, Genduzi scored two goals last night and a brilliant performance for OM as they beat Lorient, I think it was, 4-1. Um, so something that we will cover in the Saliba loan report at the end of October will be about, we always touch upon Genduzi and how he's getting on at the moment. But honestly, Genduzi is having a brilliant season and really showing people like myself that he is full of that quality and that he may have been misjudged. And in which case, I'll certainly be holding my hands up and being like, fair play, Genduzi. The club got it wrong because at the moment, he's being absolutely brilliant. Uh, Omar Rui says, balance is key in regards to having the youngsters and the men. Once you have that balance, it ever it, it comes easier for upcoming youngsters, possibly so. And I think the balance... It's kind of the issue that we've lacked in the Arsenal team of late. We've been unable to get the balance right of our players. We've got too many youngsters in the first team, in my view. And I actually think that we need more of the experienced figures in the side to step up. We need a more experienced quality midfielder. And we obviously need a striker that's going to add. We may even need a forward kind of in a wide area too in the future in upcoming windows. Uh, Fung the Man says, Tom, what would you take to get Florian Wirtz into Arsenal? And do you think he'd fit in? Florian Wirtz is one of the most exciting young players coming out of any club in Germany and in Europe right now. It would be mad to say no to him. What I would say is that, again, the age profile is of someone very young and maybe Arsenal need to be looking to add some more experienced players to the team. But I think it would take a very stubborn person to say no to someone of the quality of Florian Verts. So there you go. I think that is where we are going to wrap things up. Thank you ever so much, guys, for tuning in. Really appreciate your time. As always, do drop a like on the video. Do subscribe to the channel. Do go follow us over on Twitch as well. If you do use Twitch, go and show your support to that side of things. I've always been neglecting the Twitch side of things. You can follow us on Twitter at the Guna Talk TV. You can follow me on Instagram at uh, the Guna Talk as well. And a massive thank you for the continued support as always. I'll see you straight after the game, not on here, but over on the Arsenal way. Link to the channel is in the description. So make sure you come join us after the game to get your thoughts, your theories and questions into the chat box over on the Arsenal way. But as always, keep it real, keep it Arsenal. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Oh. 
Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.